All right. Look, they got me all strapped up with this newfangled microphone. I'm trying not to tear it up. How about that? Y'all doing good today? Everybody doing good? All right, it's good. So if you don't know, I'm Dave. I was here last week. I'll be here the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm super loud, so they're going to have to take a minute. And uh, Right? Yeah, it's much better. Yeah. I don't want to yell at you. I mean, you know, don't want that. You can yell. All right. Well, we don't want to scare the little one. Uh, so, hey, last week we started, I told you while I'm here, we're going to talk about family values. Now, we call it family values because we're a family. Uh, now, I'm kind of like that weird third cousin that you just let come every now and then, but we're still family, right? You guys are family, and we hang out here, and we spend time together, and we need to have values. We need to have vision. We need to have purpose. We need to know what we're about. So we talked about that. Last week, we talked about trusting God's promises, right? Building on the sand, building on the rock. How are we doing on that? How are we trusting? You know, what are we putting our trust in? Are we trusting God's way or any other way? Because any other way ends with a great crash. God's way, we find stability and strength and longevity. And that's what we talked about this week. And so, or last week. So this week, we're going to shift gears a little bit, right? We're talking about a second core value, pursuing uncommon unity. And listen, that's not popular right now, is it? I mean, in our, in our society, unity is not something that we talk a lot about. We talk a lot about division. talk a lot about the things that make us different. We talk a lot about the things that uh, make us angry, divide us, that we can't agree on, right? Politics are coming up, and that's a whole other thing. And there's all kinds of things that divide us in the world. But there's things that unify us. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how do we find this unity? And it is uncommon. And so when we find that, when we, when we can show the world that we can be unified in spite of all our differences, they're going to ask, why? Why in the world would you go hang out with them? Why in the world would you let them spend time? How? And then you've got an opportunity, don't you? You've got an opportunity to say, because of Christ, right? I love you, you love me because of Christ. We can get along regardless of our differences because of Christ, And part of building our life on the promises of God is we've got to understand the promise that God says, listen, if you're going to pursue me, if you're going to follow me, you're going to look like me, right? Last week we talked about that, that we conform, that the rock conforms us, that we change, we begin to look like Christ. Well, Christ loved all people. All people of all nations, of all backgrounds, of all walks of life, he loved all people. And so we are called to love all people. But not only are we called to love, we're called to change the culture, right? We're called to do something about it. Uh, I like to read. I'm a reader. I didn't like reading when I was a kid. I really actually avoided it as every chance I got. But as I've gotten older, I've started to enjoy reading about history, right? One of my favorite characters in history, mainly because his name is super funny, is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And that's just a goofy name. Like whatever parent named their kid that just wanted their kid to get beat up in middle school. That's just, that's all it was right there. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a great guy. He wrote a lot, read a lot, he was a preacher, did a lot of evangelism, lots of things. Very intelligent man. Well, around World War II, he was asked to be a part of an assassination of Adolf Hitler. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it because he didn't want to get involved. He didn't want to face the risk. He didn't want to do all those things. But there's an amazing quote that's there on the screen. As, as he thought about his role in the world and trying to get rid of hatred, get rid of the things that divide, he said, I can't do nothing. Now, you English people will say that's a double negative, and that's not how you're supposed to say it, but that's his quote. 
You can't do nothing. And if we're going to trust God's promises, guess what? You and I can't sit back and do nothing either. We've got to pursue. We've got to chase after. We have to look to create an uncommon unity in the middle of violence, in the middle of racism and sexism and ageism, and all the things that divide us and all the things that anger us and create hatred and fear within us. We've got to pursue. We've got to actively look to get past those racial divides, those, those things that maybe we inherited. Maybe they're, they're division that we inherited. Mom and dad taught us, grandparents taught us, it's just the way it is. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to be that way. We can find unity. We can overcome. We can be changed in how we think and how we treat and how we love. And it starts with knowing Christ. And when we know how much he loved us and forgave us, who are we to not love and forgive someone else? We can't do nothing. We've got to pursue this common unity. And listen, here's the reality. If you're here today and you're saying, well, I'm not a Christian, so it doesn't matter to me. Listen, you're right. You don't have to, but it's really good advice. It's a really good way to be a human being. It's a really good way to thrive in life. But if you are a Christian, this is what you're commanded to do. This is what you are called by God to do, is to love other people, is to make a difference. Here, here's how I know this is true, because we find it in Scripture. Right? And God has managed to keep the Bible together for thousands of years. He's made sure that it got to us in a way that we could read it and understand it and figure it out. Right? And so if God has gone to that great length to preserve his story, whatever it says, I'm going to believe it. All right? So let's go to the Bible. Go to Luke chapter 10. Again, if you didn't bring your Bible, we'll put it up on the screen. But Jesus is there, and he's got people all around him, and it says in verse 25, on one occasion... An expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Because that's what we do when we're divided, isn't it? Well, I'm going to trap them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to prove them wrong. Right? I'm going to make a point. So on one occasion, the teacher of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? I love that Jesus turned it on him, right? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I call those L1 and L2. Love God, love others, right? Love God, love others. That's the law. That's what's at the heart. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Do you realize how simple it is? In three verses, we've summed up the entire New Testament. We've, insu- we've really summed up the entire Bible, the entire story of God and us and our relationship. If you, love, uh, if you love God and you love others, you'll have life. You'll get to enjoy life. You'll live. You'll be blessed. You'll prosper. Love God. Love others. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. You don't know anybody that does that, do they? They try and prove their point. And even when you agree with them, they try and prove their point a little bit more. Or they're not even listening to what you have to say. They're just trying to prove their point. He tried to justify his answer. So he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, 
and to the people Jesus is talking to, an outcast. A person that we don't even acknowledge, that we don't value, that we don't think is worth even spending time with, that we are going to walk way out of our way to avoid these type people. A Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And when he put the man on his own donkey, he brought him to an inn and took care of him. Verse 35, the next day he took out two denarii, he took out some money, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. See, it's really simple. If we're going to love God, if we're going to follow him, if we're going to do what he calls us to, part of that is loving others. How do we love others? Who are the others we love? Well, we love others that are anywhere near us. Whether they look like us, talk like us, think like us, come from the same background or not, we love others. He says, listen, who, who was it that was a neighbor? Who showed the best? The one who had mercy. Mercy's an easy thing to give, but it's also a difficult thing to give. It doesn't require much, just some kindness, some love, but we've got to want to, right? The Levite, he didn't want to, so he passed on the other side. If I ignore the problem, it, it'll just deal with itself, The priest didn't want to. Well, I can't get my religious self dirty. I can't get in the middle of something that complicated and that messy. But the outcast, the one that most of the crowd listening would have never even considered, he's the one that said, you know what? I'm going to go out of my way. I am going to pursue an opportunity to show love, to show mercy. And listen, if we're going to be honest, we've got to think about that. On a day-to-day, how often do I choose to go after mercy? How often do I choose to go after unity? Or do I walk around? Do I avoid? I'd really rather be mad about it. I'd really rather be upset about it and add to the fear and add to the anger and add to the confusion. Or am I going to actively pursue? Am I going to do something? Because that's the call. That's the call for Christians. Not just be aware of injustice. And listen, you guys are aware of injustice, aren't you? You know when it's there. But it's not just be aware of it. What are you going to actively do? How are you going to pursue opportunity to change the culture? To be the change that you want to see in the world? How are you going to pursue it? Because when we do, it's not just about social change. It's about showing other people Christ. Right? This white-haired old guy over here in the front says it every time I see him. Keep thinking souls. You know why? Because when we pursue uncommon unity, we have influence for Christ. It's not just about getting along. It's not just about tolerating. Tolerating is JV. Okay? Nobody strives for JV. Love is varsity. Love is the big time. That's what we want to go with. We don't want to tolerate one another. We want to love one another. But to do that, you've got to be intentional. To do that, you've got to pursue something. You've got to do something big. Let me put it this way. Hearts that pursue God, pursue unity. If you're going to truly follow Christ, if you're going to pursue God, you've got to look past the color of her skin, 
the social background you come from. You, and listen, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys don't have a choir, but I'm preaching to the choir, right? Because look around the room. You're different. You're all different from one another, and that's amazing. But listen, it can't just be we show up and spend a little time on Sunday in a room with people that are different than us. You've got to be unified. Because if this group of people will rally together under the name of Christ, and you then take your relationships, take your friendships, take what you do in this room back into your apartment complex, back into your neighborhood, back into your families, it will change your world. That's a promise of God that you can build your life on. But you've got to actively pursue it. You've got to look for ways. See, our problem is not a skin problem. Our problem is a sin problem, right? Too much pride, too much anger, too much bitterness, too much unforgiveness. But when we can release that, when we can forgive as we're forgiven, when we can love as we've been loved, when we can show mercy like the Samaritan man showed the other man, we can have unity. We can change the culture. We can overcome what Satan's trying to do. See, the idea was, it's not about making a point. It's not about winning an argument. It's about making a difference. Making a true and lasting difference by how we love God and how we love one another. In Matthew, as Jesus is is getting ready to to leave this world, and he's kind of beginning to hand off this movement of Christianity to his followers, his disciples, and he's beginning to talk about what they can do, what they can accomplish, if they'll rally around this idea of loving God and loving others. He tells them in Matthew 16, he tells Peter, he says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, remember that from last week? On this rock, on this firm foundation, on this thing with depth and stability, on the rock of my promises, I will build my church. And in my church, God says, not even the gates of hell can overcome it. That when we reflect Christ, when we live unified, when we live loving one another, in spite our differences, in spite of everything that separates us, when we go against culture and we love as God has loved us, not even hell can overcome what we do. And that's what he tells them. Or let me put it real simple, because I'm kind of a dummy sometimes. Love all people everywhere. That's it. That's the end. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more, but that's the end, right? Love all people Everywhere. Yeah, but what about, no, 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 all people everywhere. That means you gotta, li- you gotta, you gotta love the rich, wealthy people down in South Tulsa. You gotta love the annoying neighbors next door. You gotta love the white-haired old guy. You gotta love the fat white preacher. You gotta love the black folks and the brown folks and the, what is it, red, yellow, black, and white? All people everywhere. Well, they don't deserve it. Well, neither did I, right? Neither did I. But Christ died so that you and I could be unified. So we could find comfort. So we could find love. Is it fair? No. Is it right? Because it's what God's called us to. It's what God's called us to do is to love all people everywhere. Go back to the end of the story there in verse 37. Right? The expert of the law said, hey, it was the guy that had mercy. And Jesus says, yeah, yeah. So go and do likewise what does likewise look like right we know what pursue is but what do we do 
Once we find it, once we find ourselves in that situation, what exactly does likewise look like? Well, likewise looks really uncommon. That's why we call it pursuing uncommon unity. It looks like going above and beyond. Because if you read back just a verse or two before in verse 35, look at what he did. He not only stopped and helped the man, that's a good thing, but he did something uncommon. It says the next day he took out two denarii, he took out some cash, and he gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you. When he raids the mini fridge, when he eats the room service, when he takes all your stuff, I'll cover that too. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a friend like that. Who not only said, I'll take care of you, but I'll take care of, of you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And that's what Christ has done for us. See, when we surrender our life, when we're baptized, God doesn't just forgive our sins in that moment. It's a continual thing. That he, he says, listen, I'm paying for your sins past, present, and future. You keep coming to me. You stay in relationship with me. You stay in friendship with me. Can you be my friend? That's a guy I want to be a friend with right there, right? That's it. Come on, he can come up here. What are you doing, buddy? You doing all right? Yeah, I like it. Here, hey, come here. You want to look? Watch this. You talking about microphone? You say hi? See, look at this. This is a perfect example right here. He's way better looking than I am. <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah. We got nothing in common other than we're in the same room today. Oh, and that Christ loves us both. That we were made in his image. That you are a special little boy, right? You are a special, special kid because God loves you. Because God loves him, I love him. And I hope he loves me, right? And that's what it's about. It's about unity. We didn't even plan that. And I don't even get any flaming hot Cheetos out of the deal, but, right? But that's it. That's what it's all about. It's how do we go after it? How do we pursue it? How do, well, you've got to do something uncommon got to do something that society says oh don't do that that your family says ah don't do that that the people around you think's a bad idea if you're doing it out of your love for christ and your love for each other it's exactly what you were made to do here's how i know jesus said it one more time he this time he said it in the book of john he said i've told you all these things I told you all this stuff. I taught you everything I know. I taught you about loving. I've told you these stories, these parables. I've told you all these things so that in in me you may have peace. And in this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. She says you're going to have trouble, but I have overcome all the discrimination. You're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome all the injustice. Take heart, I'm going to overcome all that divides and cause conflict and creates fear and anger. Jesus says, take heart, there is nothing in this world that Christ has not already overcome. So because Jesus has overcome, we don't have to be afraid. We can build our life on the rock and we can find peace in a world because we pursue uncommon unity. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be children of God. That's what I want to be known by. If nobody knows me for anything else, I want to be known as a child of God. But to do that, I've got to be a peacemaker. Can't get caught up in all the mess. I can't live how the world says live. I've got to serve the one who has already overcome the world. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God.
So build your life on the promises of God. But one of those promises, if you love God with all that you've got, not just part of you, all of you, and you love one another, even the people that are mean and ugly and weird, and you love them all, God will bless you. God will work with you, and you will do amazing things. You will be known as children of God. So here's the deal. It starts with knowing Christ. Some of you know him. Some of you are living it. Some of you, it's already changed your life forever, and we just celebrate that. For some of you, though, you've heard us talk about him. You hear people, you hear this goofy old guy over here, and I'm going to keep pointing at him just because he's easy to point at. He shows up in your house, and he tells you all about Jesus, and he prays for you, and he... But you've never received Christ. You don't have peace. You don't know what true love is until you receive life through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So you want to be unified? It starts with being one with Christ. And then you get to be one with his family, with all his kids, red, yellow, black, and white. If you need to respond, if you need to receive Jesus, we're going to pray over you, we're going to sing, you find one of the staff members, you find me, and we'll walk you through that step. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for your son. God, today we thank you that in spite all the things that Satan and the world tells us divide us, that we're here as a family. One body, one Lord, one salvation. God, we thank you for loving us and dying on the cross for us. And God, if there's anybody in this room who has not received the gift of life in you, Would you give them the courage to be different, to step out, to find unity in you? And God, as we leave this place this week, let our words be different. Let our attitudes be different. God, let our lives be different for your glory, for the world's good, and for our joy. And we pray it all in your son's name. Amen.